Greetings. This is Phil St. Romain. Thank you for tuning in to my Awaken podcast channel. Jesus didn't just show up in human history out of the blue. His coming had been prophesied for hundreds of years. This message reviews the progression of prophecies through Jewish history. It is taken from one of the teachings I presented in a video series entitled, Come Holy Spirit. You can find out more about this series through my website, shalomplace.com. That's S-H-A-L-O-M-P-L-A-C-E dot com. And now, our podcast. In the first generation of Christianity, the Apostle Peter wrote the following. We have the more sure word of prophecy, and you do well that you heed it as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation, for no prophecy ever came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke, being moved by the Holy Spirit. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19-21 to 21. There were prophets in Christianity as well as in Judaism, and the early church recognized them to be moved not so much by their own opinions, but by the Holy Spirit. The same holds true for the Old Testament prophets. God sent them to confront the lawlessness of the people and call them back to faithfulness to their covenant with God. Time and again they tried, through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elijah, Ezekiel, and others. There are 16 books in the Bible about various prophets and their ministries, and there are other prophets who don't have books in the Bible written about them. What was this experience of prophecy, and why were the messages of the prophets considered to be the work of the Spirit rather than just a strong opinion? The prophet Jeremiah best describes the experience. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say, I will not mention his word, or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. The Holy Spirit presses on the human spirit to speak the message of God, and the prophet does so, calling the people back to faith. There must have been something about these prophetic messages that rang true, that communicated a depth of authority and power that seemed extraordinary. An example of this was the prophet Nathan confronting King David over his unlawful relationship with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, one of his soldiers. Nathan told David a parable that enabled him to see his behavior from a different perspective. David repented and sought to make things right. See the second book of Samuel, chapters 11 and 12, for this story. There were also times when prophets predicted future events, 
And when these came true, sometimes within a few years, that also added to their credibility. An example of this would be the priest Eli predicting the birth of Samuel in the first book of Samuel chapter 1, or Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dream in the book of Genesis chapter 41. The word of God came to these men and their predictions came to pass. Not all of the prophets were men. Miriam, Huldah, and Deborah were recognized as prophetesses. Given the second-class status of women during that time in history, it's all the more remarkable that their spiritual gift was recognized by the community. God's message to the prophet seems to be clear, unmistakable, even if the prophet is interpreting a dream. The prophet is passing along something from the Spirit of God, not from self. False prophets, on the other hand, speak for themselves or to flatter a king, and they could be numerous at times. In Ezekiel 13, for example, God confronts the false prophets because they speak from their own imagination, following their own spirit, but have really heard or seen nothing. We note this point, that they are following their own human spirit not speaking under the influence of God's Spirit. This problem is not unique to false prophets, of course. We all do this at times. And even more powerfully, Elijah has a showdown with the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings chapter 18, whereby their falsehood was exposed and they were even killed. False prophets lead people away from God, Jesus himself had hard words to say about this in the New Testament. Prophets were also instrumental in choosing kings and rulers and anointing them with the Spirit. A good example of this is the prophet Samuel, who was led by God to look over the sons of Jesse of Bethlehem for someone to succeed Saul as king. Jesse showed him his seven older sons, but God rejected them all for their hearts were not right. Then Samuel requested to see the youngest, David, and God said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David, and we read that God's Spirit came mightily on David from that day forward. Thus was the Holy Spirit involved not simply in inspiring the prophets to speak God's truth to form good conscience, but also to bless and form good leaders for the people. Eventually, the prophets note that the problem is that there is something about human nature that is just so wounded that we cannot keep the law, even with many rules and rituals that were developed to help the people stay focused. A new age of the Spirit will come one day, with a leader specially chosen by God. We hear vague rumblings about this early in Jewish history. In the second book of Samuel, chapter 7, verse 16, the prophet Nathan promises David that your house and your kingdom will be made sure forever before you. Your throne will be established forever. This was about a thousand years before the birth of Jesus. A number of psalms 
most attributed to David speak of a coming leader, great king, Messiah, anointed one. Psalms 2, 22, 45, 72, and 110, for example. The suffering of the great king is described in detail by the prophet Isaiah about eight centuries before Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, in particular, seems to predict many of the sufferings of Christ. Speaking about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Jeremiah points to a new covenant between God and the house of Israel. In chapter 31, he writes, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which covenant of mine they broke, although I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts, and I will write it in their heart. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will no longer teach his neighbor, and every man teach his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they will all know me, from their least to their greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Here we see the prophet acknowledging that, on the whole, the people were unable to live up to the terms of the covenants established with Abraham and Moses. In the new age to come, the Spirit of God would give them the wisdom and power to know God. What was lost with the fall will be restored. Two more prophecies about the Spirit and the Messiah need to be mentioned here. Somewhere around the 6th century before Christ, the prophet Joel refers to a new outpouring of the Spirit that will come in this new messianic age. It will happen afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, and also on the servants and on the handmaids in those days I will pour out my Spirit. The same Spirit that had blessed the prophets will now be given to everyone. We will all receive not only the guidance of the Spirit at the level of conscience, but power to put God's Word into practice. Prophecies continued to come until Malachi, in about the 5th century before Christ, who predicted that Elijah would come again before the day of the Lord. We shall meet this Elijah figure in a future lecture. New Testament scholars believe him to be John the Baptist. The era of the prophets lasted about 500 years, from around 1000 to 500 BC. Many scholars have wondered why there weren't any after Malachi. The people could have surely benefited from their teaching and admonishments. Perhaps, however, they had done what God intended for them to do, reminded the people of who they were by virtue of their covenant with God. They were God's specially chosen people, called to worship the one true God 
and live according to the law God had revealed to them. They also helped to form the conscience of the people with their teaching, preaching, and confrontations. They'd given them hope also for a future age that would be ruled over by an anointed king, a Messiah, who would restore Israel to greatness and share God's blessing of the Spirit. All that was left was to continue to try to be faithful and to wait for the coming of the Messiah. Thank you.